Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Mace, you look dressed for the weather today, and it was a windy one. It was. I mean, I had a, I have actually another layer out there. I have a vest, but uh, it Why was... Why don't you wear it? Because it's warmer inside. It's good just sitting point. in the lobby out there of our studio. I've been wearing shorts all day. What? I've been wearing shorts all day. Shorts? Yeah. Here, see, look. Ta-da. That seems quite Good. mad. 80. Me too. 80 mile an hour gusts. So is Danny. Rolling through Colorado and many other places. This is basically, I was reading something from the National Weather Service. This is basically an all-time windstorm. That's effect, it affecting wide swaths of the country now. All the way up to like Minnesota and Wisconsin by tonight. Mace, let's play a little game. Yeah. How well do you know your radio partner? I have lived all over the country. Yes. Tell me where I have lived. You've lived outside of Chicago in the north in the northern suburbs. Grew up in Chicago. Yeah. So is this weather nothing to me? It's nothing. You to me. went to school in Bloomington, Indiana. Okay, keep going. Uh, you worked in Kalispell, Montana. One hour from the Canadian border. This weather is nothing to You've me. You've worked in Buffalo. This weather is nothing to me. And You've, that's all you need to say. you worked I, in Atlanta. Yep, Topeka, Kansas. Yep. But the point is, grew up in Chicago, lived in Montana, lived in Buffalo. A little wind is going to 80 miles an hour? From, it's, like a, it's like hurricane strength. Well, I'm, I'm not hooking on Colfax. I'm going from my car and going someplace else. People don't usually drive in the middle of hurricanes, though. What does that have to do with it? Well, you literally had hurricane strength winds coming through Colorado today. But I was in my car or in my house. Right, but when there's a hurricane going yeah. through in Florida, people generally don't go out and about to go to 7-Eleven to get some groceries. Well, I wasn't out and about. Yeah, you. I walked from my car to the station. But you drove over here, right? And I was covered in steel. Yeah. Better known as a car. Yes, but generally speaking, people don't. Because it was tough driving out there. Generally speaking, people don't drive when you've got winds like this going through. Well, today's conditions are perfect for me because when I'm texting on my phone, I'm constantly swerving. So I just look like everybody else. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Remind me to stay away from you on the roads after swerving like that. Remind me to stay away from you in general. All right. Teddy Bridgewater was asked today about the report from our friend Benjamin Albright from KOA about his camp asking for $25 million a year when he becomes a free agent. And Teddy categorically denied it. You know, um, until it comes from me, it's not true. You know, um, and I think that's what happens during this time of year. You see numbers come out and you try to put a, a value on a guy so that if things don't work out with the team that he's playing on, oh, he wanted too much money, things like that. And I'll tell you right now, like I haven't mentioned anything about a new deal, anything. My primary focus is 
trying to help this team win football games, trying to get in the playoffs. The rest will take care of itself, man. I'm, my job is to play football. And all the other stuff, that's for my agent, my advisors. I'm here to help this team be a better football team every day. So is that report last week false? I mean, if it, it didn't come from me, so it's false for sure. Um, they said, until you hear from me or you hear from my camp, don't believe anything you read. You believe him? I believe he's operating in the realm of what we call plausible deniability. Can I answer it in two? Why don't you ask me the same question, and I will answer it with two words. Do you believe him? Hell no! I don't believe him. No, I don't believe him. No, you said it well. Plausible deniability. We see this in politics. It was a very political answer. You have somebody somebody else's quote-unquote putting it out there, so you're like, well, it wasn't me. Let me ask you. Okay, let me. But it's someone with knowledge of what the client wants. Let, okay. Yeah. L- l- let me ask you simple yes or no questions. Do you think his father put that out there? No. Do you think his mother put that out no. there? No. His best friend? No. High school coach? No. College coach? No. Agent? Or someone connected to agent? Like, like his, his agent. Of course. His agent's denying it. Do- of course he's yeah. denying it. So for all we know, it was a marketing rep. But the point is... It wasn't a marketing ulti- Ultimately, rep. it came from somebody in his circle. If yes. a marketing rep put this out there, Teddy Bridgewater would fire his marketing but rep. But again, if it comes from somebody else, like I said, it's plausible deniability. You can say, right. well, I didn't do it. And, you know, what, you know, in my camp, well, I mean, for all we know, his camp is immediate family and that's it right i mean that that's one of those terms that you can just read any number of ways I'm plausible gonna, deniability that's I, all that I, was I, I don't mean this with any disrespect to you because you are a journalist but do have you do you for lack of a better phrase have you worked consistently in the world of breaking news you're a journalist and a great writer but are you someone who cultivates, works contacts, so on and so forth? It's not my best thing. Okay. I'm a stats guy. There you go. With me, when I was on television for 20 years, that was my thing. Because I find that sources want something in return. Well, And I'm not in the business of giving something in return. I don't care what anybody is telling you on any other radio station. Okay? With that, I'm going to pull away the curtain so you can see the little man behind it. This is the way media works. The media uses the players, the coaches, the executives, and the agents. And in turn, the players, the coaches, executives, and agents use the media. You want to get something out there, you give it to a guy that you trust, even though he probably knows it's not true. But he's going to do it because he probably wants something else in return. And when somebody gives you a piece of information like this, the agent, and this stuff usually comes from an agent, will say to that media member, understand that you are going to get a lot of grief for this and people are going to say that you're wrong and I'm going to deny it and the player's going to deny it. Just know it's factually correct. And you know what the media member does? He runs it because he wants the next story. Anybody that believes that Benjamin Albright looks like a jackass today, you're looking in the wrong place. I don't know. Are you talking about people on another radio station? I'm talking about whoever is criticizing him for this. And by the way, I am so tired. And listen, we work for an independent station. 
We don't work for a big station, okay? A big station that, that is owned by religious people that has problems with things being said on the air. So we can say anything we want to. I'm not going to say G-damn on the air, but I suppose I could get away with it, and I'm not going to get reprimanded for it. I could talk about gambling and liquor all I want to. You can't do that on another station in town. I can promise you that. You want, might you as well, can't, hold on. Let me, you might as well I, just I, go to marijuana while you're at let it. Let me finish. I can sit and trash yeah. everybody in the Nuggets and Avalanche organization all I want to. No one's going to come after me. No one. I can rip the Broncos to shreds if I want to, but I'm not going to do it. Okay? That's the station we work for. I had to take my headphones off. You're being a bit, it was a bit loud there for me. That's the station mm. we work for. So when I see station after station pointing fingers, state-run media, you know what state-run media means? When you are saying that to somebody else, you just didn't get it first. That's what that means. So I'm going to discredit that report because I didn't get it first or I couldn't get a confirmation from it. The bottom line is this: this stuff comes from agents all the time. Yeah, constantly. And again, it's like it's all—it's always like you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Right. For these things. Right. And it's unfortunate. It is, in some ways, it's an unfortunate part of the business. Well, I'm gonna give you, you have a- to—you have to play the game. And I, I'll say this: I could be a better breaking news person, but I just don't like playing that game. That's okay. Uh, some people do. It's just not something I choose to do. I don't play the game either. I talk to people who I know yeah. know more than me, and sometimes they happen to give me information. But do I go out of my way now to call agents? I don't. When I was on television, I did. Now a- I don't. Agents, it's funny because people, well, I worked for the Broncos for a while, and it's like, oh, you work for a team, you have an agenda. I think agents have at least as much of an agenda as, the, as working for someone working for a team does, if not more. Okay, I'm going to take what you just said, but sum it up in a shorter sentence. The term agent can be substituted for another title. You know what that is? Public relations manager. That's what an agent is. He's the PR person for that person. Well, and I know he negotiates on the contract. That's that's, that's right. So thing. he puts out all good publicity. But agents usually have people in there because unless it's like a one person office, agents. You, you go with an agency, they have PR people right. there. They have PR people, they have marketing people. Right. All the it's all part of the all part of the camp, as it were. I, I'll that t- a player would refer to. I'll say this, and I'm not trying to get in trouble with the Broncos. You used to work for them. I don't think I'm saying anything out of turn or out of school. There have been times since I have been covering this team. They plant stories to see what the public reaction is, whether whether it's true or not. And they use media members to do it. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just letting you know that goes on. But I'm going to tell you a personal story before we go to break, something that I've never told you. And this is a perfect example of a source, in theory, trying to use a media member. You ready? Mm -hmm. Many, many years ago, The Broncos were looking for a new head coach, and there have been lots of different times. Hmm. So certainly I'm not narrowing down who this person is. And I was writing for the Mile High Sports Daily at the time, and I thought a certain guy would be a fantastic head coach for the Broncos. So I called him on the phone, and I said, 
I want to write a story about you. I need your thoughts, yada, 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 because I think you'd be a great head coach for the Broncos. And he goes, you do that for me? I said, you're not calling me asking me to write the article about you. I'm calling you because I believe it to be true. And after we were done, you know what he said to me? What? If I get this job, you have my cell phone number and you have full access to me if I get hired. That stuff goes on all the time. He didn't get hired, though. He did not. But he would have been a great hire. <laughs> he would have been. And I'll tell you who was in the break. He would have been a great hire. But to say that I would have had full access is an understatement. Anybody who ate a burrito in that building, I would have known about. I wasn't doing a pay for play because usually it's the subject calling the media member saying, would you write a story about me? Yeah. I wasn't asking for anything in return. He's, he was just offering it It to was me. payback. But, you, did, you, you, you gave him something and he felt like, oh, I should give something back. It wasn't it necessary. I wanted to do it right. because it was the right thing to well, do. Right, but I'm just saying that, right. that was part of it. F felt very flattered by it. I right. said, okay, well, I'll give this back. All right, coming up after the break, big game on Sunday, Broncos against the Bengals. We're going to go out live to Cincinnati to bring in uh, an afternoon drive host for ESPN. Good friend of mine, Mo Egger. He's next. Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch us, of course, on milehighsports.com. Listen, of course, Mile High Sports Radio, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3 FM, in the Denver area, of course, or on milehighsports.com worldwide. If you want to join the conversation on Twitter, you can go to the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed and find us. I am at Mace Denver. Eric Goodman is at Eric Goodman. If you want to join the conversation on the Go Fast Energy Drink hotline and text line, that's 303-831-1340. 303-831-1340. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. Now, we are efforting a little uh, Bengals chat right now. We are currently efforting a reporter from Cincinnati. We're going to get it. Yes. We are going to get Bengals you, chat. Yes. We are definitely going to get this Bengals is, This chat. is a relevant opponent playing a relevant game. Unlike last week, I don't think we spent more than two minutes on the Detroit Lions last week leading into the Broncos-Lions game. It's a little different this week. Right. Two seven and six teams effectively, effectively and elimination game and Joe Burrow not practicing today in Cincinnati with that finger injury. All right. With that, I want to go out to the hotline. I want to bring in a longtime friend of mine. Mo Egger does the afternoon drive show on ESPN in Cincinnati. And if there's anything that I know about Cincinnati people, it is two things. One skyline chili is the best chili ever created. And Pete Rose <laughs> should be in the hall of or fame. Or is it gold star? No, 
It's Skyline Chili's <laughs> the best ever created, and Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Do you echo those sentiments, Mo? I feel I feel more strongly about Skyline Chili than I do Pete Rose, but yes, like like any good Cincinnatian, I believe that Pete should be in the Hall of Fame, but I feel more strongly and more attached to Skyline. Okay, there you go. Well, I you know what? I'll probably have to agree with you on that, even though I'm not a huge fan of Skyline Chili. With that, um, I'm not going to necessarily suggest the Bengals season has mirrored the Broncos season, even though they both have seven and six records. But Broncos fans will gripe, and rightfully so. The Broncos have been ridiculously inconsistent this year. I'm guessing Bengals fan would say, hold my beer. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's been the hallmark of this team. It's It's been remarkable. I mean, they've, they've had blowout wins against arch-nemesis Pittsburgh and Baltimore. They had a puzzling loss to the New York Jets. Uh, they had a game, you know, coming on the heels of a, of a great performance against the Steelers two weeks ago. They come right back out. They fall behind 24 nothing in the first 20 minutes against the Chargers. And then this past Sunday, they were they were dead in the water for three quarters. Joe Burrow brings them back from down 14 points in the fourth quarter. They go to overtime, they're on the doorstep of winning, and then they get a little bit too conservative. They lose the game at overtime. But frankly, I think the Bengals and Broncos mirror what feels like 75% of the league, right? I mean, that, that's sort of come to define all but one or two teams in the NFL this year. Massive inconsistency that has certainly been a hallmark of this team this year here in Cincinnati. So over the course of the season, it's been, it seems like it's been good Bengals and bad Bengals, and sometimes it's good Bengals for a whole game and bad Bengals for a whole game. The last couple of weeks, it seems like we've seen the good and the bad happening kind of on a quarter-by-quarter quarter basis. I mean, what do the Bengals need to do to channel – Went to, to channel their form when they're playing well and, and extend it over the course of 60 minutes again. You, you know, as cliche as it sounds, when this team has struggled, the wounds have been self-inflicted. Go back to the, uh, to the Chargers game two weeks ago. That game was lost because they couldn't protect the football. They had a, a, a slew of turnovers early in the game, and they had a massive Joe Mixon fumble as they were driving to take the lead uh, early in the fourth quarter. He just simply dropped the football. It wasn't stripped away. He didn't suffer a hit. He drops it. It's returned the other way. They go from being down two to being down nine with really no chance to win the football game. That's been their issue. Even this week, uh, this past game, uh, two muffed punts. Uh, they had a muffed kickoff. Things like that have really shrunk in this team's margin for error. They're winning against the Jets in the fourth quarter. And Joe Burrow throws a pick while they're trying to salt the game away to a guy that's like three feet in front of him. Um, he could have done anything with the ball. He throws it in the guy's bread basket. The Chicago game, second game of the season. Defense plays well to win. Burrow has some turnovers. As great as Joe Burrow has been, and he's been really, really good at times this year, and as, as, as great as we think he's going to be, He's got to do a better job of protecting the football. He's got to do a better job of, uh, of making decisions when he's, when he's throwing. He's got to do a better job of not forcing the ball into tight windows. When this offense doesn't turn it over, when this team doesn't shoot itself in the foot, certainly from an offensive standpoint, they're really formidable. That They can sometimes score at absolute will because they've got a great slew of weapons. But the, the equalizer in this league is often turnovers, and this team, when it's gotten in its own way, um, you know, again, shrinks the margin for error, and, and the result of that is a team that has a good record but probably doesn't have a record as good as it should have. 
We're talking with Mo Egger, host of the show, an afternoon drive on ESPN Radio in Cincinnati. Uh, there have been times historically when you ask who's the best football team in the state, the Browns, the Bengals, or the Buckeyes, sometimes you probably have to say the Buckeyes. The Browns have been down for much longer, but for the Bengals, the peaks have been high with a Ken Anderson, a Boomer Esiason, a Carson Palmer for sure, and then Andy Dalton, but the but the valleys have been just really, really low. Do you feel with the roster that has been assembled, you are on an upward tra- trajectory as high as you could possibly see? Uh, yeah, the, the trajectory of this franchise is pointed upward. And let's face it, the primary reason why is they've got a quarterback who's worth building around. You know, nothing against Andy Dalton. Andy has and had a lot of attributes, but he was never going to be a guy that you thought, you know what, this guy can lift us to a championship. And this guy can keep us relevant and can win football games, even if we don't have, you know, a great offensive line or a terrific defense or or if the skill guys, if there's injuries there. With Joe Burrow, you feel like you're always going to be at least relevant. And he's worth building around. And I think they've done a pretty good job of building at least – a very good group of wide receivers, a good group of skill guys, an offensive line that has been better this year, although certainly not great, and a defense that has been okay, right? And and I think that was the blueprint coming into this season. They're going to try to outscore people. With Joe Burrow, you can do that. Now, defensively, you know, we've seen seen some weeks in which they've played very, very well. We've seen some weeks in which they've really, really struggled. But, yeah, I I think if, if you look at the fact that the front office has been willing to spend money in free agency and acquire in their prime, not just bargain basement guys, but actual, you know, second contract dudes that can make your team better. The fact that they've got the quarterback piece in place, the fact that I feel like they have their coach who's done a pretty good job of turning over the locker room in his image. Uh, They're not a finished product. They've got a lot of work to do, and their history sort of looms over everything they do moving forward. But yes, I believe the trajectory of this franchise is pointed upward. You mentioned their defense. And the Broncos, of course, they're going to try to win this game on the ground with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. If you go by some metrics, Bengals' run defense looks like uh, looks like one of the best. If you go by others, like the DVOA on Football Outsiders, it's not a good run defense. What is the truth about the Bengals against the run? They're okay. They're not great. They're they're a team you can run against. It would surprise me if you just ran up and down them. They're they're the interior of their defensive line has been better this year. Um, and they're a more sure tackling team than they were for, for years. I mean, you know, you go back a couple of years ago, we all remember Lamar Jackson just abusing Bengals defenders in the open field. Uh, they're, they're a more sure tackling team, which, you know, let's face it, that's half the battle. But they're not exactly stout. You can beat them on the edge. Um, but the interior of that defensive line with D.J. Reader, big free agent acquisition from the Texans prior to last season, They've been okay. I tend to think, though, that if you're going to expose them on their defense, it's the middle of the field. Their best linebacker, Logan Lewis, is not going to play this week. He didn't play this past week. George Kittle absolutely abused the Cincinnati Bengals in the middle of the field. Noah Fon is not George Kittle. But if I'm looking at Cincinnati defensively, I'm looking at their weak linebacker core, and I'm looking at their safeties who haven't performed as well as one might have thought. They've also got some injuries at the cornerback position, but they've sort of they've done a pretty good job of getting by. You want to try to run exclusively against this team, you'll probably have some success. But if you really want to beat them, 
go after him right in the middle of the field, and that's exactly what the 49ers did this past Sunday. You want me to tell you the number one similarity? Because don't downplay this, Mo. You want to know the number <clears throat> one similarity between George Kittle and Noah Fant? What's that? They both went to Iowa. Other than that, they're nothing right. alike. Other than that, they are Correct. nothing alike. Okay, so you had a chance to watch one of the best wide receivers in NFL history, A.J. Green. I know it is early. But when people watch Jamar Chase, are people already comparing Chase to Green? Yeah, first seven games, NFL record, 754 receiving yards. And look, he's he's made headlines with the deep ball, but he's actually proven to be a pretty good route runner. He's proven to be somebody who can get some yards after the catch. He had a couple of huge clutch catches in that fourth quarter comeback against the San Francisco 49ers, and he's had uh, some issues dropping the football. That was a big narrative during the preseason, but the good has outweighed the bad. And, you know, look, Jamar Chase, if you're going to double him, then T. Higgins is going to make you pay, and Tyler Boyd's going to make you pay. Their, Their trio of wide receivers is really, really enviable. But it starts with Jamar. He and the chemistry that Joe Burrow had at LSU, we've seen that unfold favorably here in Cincinnati. Uh, you are getting a chance to watch a guy who is in the conversation. This team has had great wide receivers. This franchise has had great wide receivers. Going back to Isaac Curtis in the 70s, obviously Chad Johnson, and you talked about A.J. Green. Jamar Chase is in that conversation. Zach Taylor, we haven't had really talked much about him, but of course, first couple of years, team struggled. Last, the second year, had Joe Burrow got hurt. What is the general consensus and feeling about Zach Taylor as the Bengals head coach? Because, because of course, out here back in January of 2019, he was somebody the Broncos interviewed before they hired Vic Fangio. You know, I, I think you have to realize the first two seasons, if, if, if there was a factor that could conspire against Zach Taylor having any kind of success, they did not in that first season, do anything to make the roster better. Uh, they saddled him with a lame duck quarterback. Their first round pick that year did not play a game because he got hurt during OTAs. A.J. Green was injured for the season on the first day of camp. If it could go wrong, it did. And then you add to it the COVID year, rookie quarterback, turning over the roster, all that stuff. Burrow gets hurt week 10 last year. Um, you couldn't judge Zach by the win-loss record. But this year, obviously, the idea was we were going to judge, judge him by the win-loss record. Well, 7-6, and six, the Vegas over-under was 6.5. They've already exceeded a lot of people's expectations. I think the consensus here is you love the leadership. You love the fact that even when this team was bad, they played hard for him. Uh, you love the fact that he's turned over the locker room, I think pretty quickly, uh, and gotten rid of some of the Marvin Lewis holdovers. I think if, if most Bengals fans had a rub with Zach, it's the fact that he remains the team's primary play caller. And I think there is a school of thought that would suggest that the offense could perhaps function a little bit better if they had a true offensive coordinator who also wasn't the head coach because they've had times this year where the offense has totally spun its tires, specifically early in games. And so how much of that is on the coach? If you love the quarterback and you love the weaponry they have, then I think you point the finger at the coach. That dynamic is not going to change, so it's not really worth talking about all that much. But, yeah, I think most are comfortable with the job that Zach has done. Again, if there's an issue that people have, it's it's a great play caller. But in my experience, in every city in the NFL, 
nobody likes the caller, the, the person calling the plays. So that's kind of par for the course. Uh, I'm going to apologize right now on my show uh, because you're having me tomorrow on your show. It's my understanding. I think I was your eighth choice. I will do the best that I can. I'm sorry the other seven guys turned you down. I don't know why they turned you down, uh, but I will try and put up a good showing for you on your show in afternoon drive tomorrow on ESPN Radio out there. Mo, thanks for your time, man. If it wasn't you, I don't know who it would be. I, still there. You know what? I, I I heard you emptied your Rolodex, and I th- did you DM me on Twitter? Uh, I'm stuck, and you're the only one I can find. Did you write that, or is that somebody else from another market? Maybe it was just me because I think uh, we lost Mo. <laughs> anyway, want to thank Mo Egger, ESPN Radio in Cincinnati, for joining us. Coming up after the break, Jamal Murray. When is he coming back? I know a lot of people are really, really hopeful. You better temper your expectations. We'll tell you why next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. SmileEyesports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Heather Taylor and her team at Impact Commercial Real Estate. She has a nine-person team over 50 years of experience, and I can promise you, They can help you get what you want, whether you're buying, selling, or leasing. Finding the right location for your business is a big deal, so work with the best. And I'm talking about Heather Taylor and her team at Impact Commercial Real Estate. I love the fact that they think out of the box. They have creative ways to get things done, dynamic real estate services. Their brokers are consistently ranked in the top 10 in the Denver metro area. So if this sounds like you or somebody you know, go with impactcommercial.co. That's impactcommercial. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Impact Real Estate. Impact Real Estate is creative real estate and solutions with the greatest impact. Go to impactcommercial.co. We were going to talk about this yesterday, um, uh, but we decided to move it to today. Uh, I think there is some hope that Jamal Murray could be back by the All-Star break. Maybe late February. I want to put something into perspective. When you look at last season, because the season was essentially picked up and moved on the calendar, an ACL injury is essentially a one-year injury, right? For most people. For most people. Now, we've seen football players get back. I'm talking about baseball. I'm talking about basketball. Basketball is different There's because basketball is it's not that you're not cutting in football. Right. But basketball is all about stops, starts, cuts it's about a year injury yeah with that the anniversary of jamal injury jamal murray tearing his acl is two days after the regular season ends okay little perspective right. here i know people are hopeful but the season but the playoffs went into mid-july that's right that, and that's why i mean yeah. we moved the calendar yep. we picked it up and we moved the season with that i think that the nuggets would be thrilled 
if he was ready to go by mid-March from all the people that I've talked to. I've heard as late as April. And to be honest with you, depending on where they're at in the standings, I'm not so sure they will feel they should fire him up and ask him to go out there. Well, the thing is, like the reason why that hope exists, or a big part of it, the reason why it exists, is because every seems like every game, before every game, somebody puts a video on social media. That's why the hope is of there. Jamal shooting, Murray shooting, shooting, does this and, and just draining shot after shot after shot. This is pretty much every game, even the road game. Somebody's putting, putting the video up. It's not necessarily the team. It's usually just like a fan and it goes and every time it, it goes viral and it spreads and that excitement builds and builds and builds. But just is he, be, is he cutting? He, that's the thing. Is he he's running? Not cutting. Is he, like I, he's jump shooting right. in a spot. Just because, and it, yeah. it's in baseball as well. I saw a video of Ronald Acuna taking batting practice. I bet that got you excited. Well, I'm I'm pleased, but I've it's much the same as it is for Jamal Murray. Just because you're doing a skill in a stationary spot, right. does not mean that you are close to ready to go full speed. At your sporting craft. I've been told that the Nuggets training staff, for lack of a better phrase, is cautious by nature, and I mean that in the most positive way. They are not overly aggressive. They're not going to push anybody out there. Uh, This is an injury that is a one-year injury, and you can make the case, yeah, maybe you can come back in 11 months. Well, what's 11 months? Mid-March. March. St. Patrick's Day. Right. And let's just see where they're at in the playoff hunt. Because if they're sitting around seven, eight, nine, and and the gap is is widening between six and seven, they're not winning a championship with him. What are you risking this for? As one person said to me, just play for next season. And it's sad to kind of waste a transcendent year of Nikola Jokic like this. We thought last year was transcendent. Can yeah, you imagine what he could do next year. Well, I mean, at some point, the upward trajectory stops, even for the greatest of players. Sure. And the question is just how long can you sustain that level? If Jokic can sustain it for another three or four years, brilliant. And that then that's awesome. You haven't really you you've you've lost a a year, but you've still got plenty of time in in that window. You just hope you just hope that Jokic a ages very well into his late twenties and into his thirties. If that's the case, then. Uh, that 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 enhances the incentive to, I hate to say, punt this year and wait and and delay Jamal Murray's return until the fall of 2022. But if there is even a a slim chance that Murray returning could lead to another injury, you sit and you sit him out and you wait. By the way, do you know the significance of today's date, December fifteenth? Uh, twelve. Well, I keep seeing things that say Mary Jokicmas or something. Yes. Like Do you know what that means? Because remember, you had Jokic and Nurkic. Yeah. And and Malone really couldn't figure out how to use them together, so Jokic got traded. Yes. To Portland, and essentially this was the date when Jokic became a fixture in the starting lineup, and I remember this day well. So that's what that means. Yeah. Okay. This is. I, mean, when, I kept seeing on Twitter, but with everything going on with the Broncos, I didn't have. I didn't have time to. What dive was going into on it. with the Broncos that was so important today? Oh. Teddy Bridgewater denying that his agent, yeah. his agent, asked for twenty five million a year. What else happened? Oh, what else? Draymond what, Jones is fifty fifty. We're talking about the best player in Denver, and I'm sorry, I'm including Nathan McKinnon in that. We also have a COVID crisis breaking out in the NFL right now as well. Oh, we're local. 
I know what's happening in Cleveland. We'll talk about that later on in the show. With that, what do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? Well, since you brought it up, Mace, uh, <laughs> there is a bit of a uh, COVID outbreak going on with a couple teams, not just the one in Cleveland. We'll talk about that. We talked a little bit about COVID yesterday in the NBA, NHL, and NFL. It seems like things are getting a little more serious in the NFL today. So we'll get into that next and talk about if maybe the league needs to change some of their policies for the rest of the season. That's up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Country Wednesday? I think it's, uh, well, it's Country and Western is like, right? So maybe it's like Western Wednesday, I don't know. Yeah, what theme are we going with today? Because this isn't, is this Way Back Wednesday? Because this song is Way Back. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, it's a hump day honky-tonk. Oh, it's a hump day honky-tonk Wednesday. What did you play in the previous breaks that were hump day honky-tonk? Well, I played Honky Tonk Woman by uh, Rolling Stones. That was one of them. You're you're not just like I played Honky Cat for the segment about the bangles. Yeah, nice. Um, And then I played Achy Breaky Heart going into the last break. We got uh, Friends in Low Places coming up later in the show. I will make sure that it does. (laughs) Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, the Browns down eight starters, including quarterback Baker Mayfield, also head coach Kevin Stefanski, Washington, 18 players is the last number I saw for them on the COVID-19 list, including quarterback Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, their current starter has elbow and knee injuries, and their beginning of the season starter, Ryan Fitzpatrick, still on the IR. The NFL has said the games will not be postponed or canceled because of outbreaks among unvaccinated players. Should the NFL consider a postponement or cancellation for either Washington or Cleveland, who plays on Saturday this weekend. Do we know how many of those players are unvaccinated? Well, that's the key thing. Didn't Taylor Heineke kind of be skeptical about vaccinations? I don't know. A I'm few not going to speculate ago. on that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, And I th- and I, then I think that's the key here. And we've known there have been some other Washington players earlier this summer who, or earlier this year who expressed some some hesitancy about the vaccine. We don't know that what their eventual choice was. Let's say they did. Yeah. Let's say they did postpone the game. Should the Broncos organization be upset about it? No. Why? Uh, depends. Was there anyone in the Washington organization who lied? 
No. Yes, I how, suppose. how things went down in that quarterback room with the contact tracers and then not being forthright with the team in the NFL about it, how that went down did matter and did factor in the NFL's decision. If the quarterbacks had been forthright, I believe they would have simply postponed that game a couple of days you know and what? played on Tuesday. Did but I- they weren't. And the Bronx and the team had to pay the price. You know what? Did any of those players who are out of the game, did they lie about having their vaccine card? And that's not an unfair well, question to ask. It's not an unfair to question question ask, especially with the uh, Antonio Brown coming at stuff. And that's, that's why coming I up brought that up. So and that's why I brought it up. Just in case you missed it, the Arizona men's basketball team had to take two-hour Ubers from Indianapolis to Champaign, Illinois, after severe weather and poor visibility diverted their flight. You guys at the top of the show talked about all the crazy wind that we've had in and around Denver today, and uh, our thoughts with all those impacted by tornadoes in the South and the Midwest. But on the topic of travel... What is the biggest shakeup that you two have had while traveling? Because I know you're both very well-traveled gentlemen. Wow. The biggest shakeup. Well, most recently when Southwest canceled all those flights. Yeah. And I was part of that. I was down in Scottsdale. I can tell you the date that it happened. It was October 9th or October 10th. It was around my birthday. And I got stuck in Scottsdale. I had to play another 18 holes, and I shot an 82, so I wasn't so bad. Well, the, the Broncos were in Pittsburgh that weekend. I basically had to rearrange my entire itinerary. I remember texting you. I said, yeah. have you, are you aware of what's going on? I don't think you – I don't know if you were at that time. I, well, I was in the middle of it because my flight at our, out of Denver had been delayed. Yeah. So I was able to get on another plane, and then I made a contingency plan. And, of course, one of the interesting thing, things with the airlines is you can book a flight, and if you cancel within 24 hours, you get your money back, every right. dollar of it. Right. And so I had a contingency flight back on Monday, right. but I didn't need it. And so I just I knew my flight was good, and I got the full refund on it. I'll no tell you, harm, no foul. I, I do have a good uh, a, a good travel story that turned out to be a bad travel story. Okay, I was flying from Denver to Chicago. Uh, I was at the back end of I can't remember what concourse it was. Mm-hmm. So you're back at the window, and then there are two concourses, you know, across the concourse from each other. Mm-hmm. It was crowded on the side where I would have been sitting. So I sat on the other side, and I was carrying on. And I left my bag there, and I went to the bathroom. I don't know why I left my bag. I just did. I come back, and my bag is gone. Yeah. And I'm thinking, where is my bag? Somebody stole my bag. Well, I believe I was flying United at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Across the way was Alaska Airlines, and the stewardess from Alaska Airlines saw my bag, thought somebody left it, and my bag went to Anchorage. But you got it back eventually. I eventually got it back. But it was cold for some reason. I don't know why. why. I don't know why my bag was cold when it came back. It was very odd. It was dripping with icicles. It's kind of like uh, on Seinfeld. When, and it smelled like salmon. When Elaine, when Elaine is talking about not tipping the uh, the sky cap, mm-hmm. and uh, so when when she and Jerry walk away, the sky cap takes Jerry bag and says JFK back to New York, and it takes Elaine's bag and says Honolulu. And right. at the end of the episode, you see the bag on the carousel with a lay on it, right, <laughs> spinning around, right. Just in case you missed it, the Utah Jazz have hired Danny Ainge to oversee basketball operations as the alternate governor and CEO. 
Will having Ainge in the front office give the Jazz an extra leg up on the division and more specifically, the Denver Nuggets? Well, all you have to do is say, look at his draft history. How was he with the Celtics? I mean, not bad. Right. I think they'll be they'll be fine. It's not like the Jazz are drafting poorly. At the end of the day, let's be Is out. he involved in the day? Is he going to be involved in the day-to-day kind of guts and scouting personnel side or is he just going to be overseeing the whole thing? I know what I'm about. Cuz the to- Jazz have a good more the of an have, oversight role. Yeah, because the, the Jazz have a good structure in place right now. Listen. Uh, Justin Zanuck, the current GM, will still be the GM yeah. and will do most of the day-to-day. This, this feels like be in the building. This feels like bringing like a BYU alum, Danny Ainge, went to, went to BYU, bring, bring a, a, a local favorite back home. The bottom line is this. It doesn't even matter if the Jazz bring in Jerry West. Because the Jazz, I know it's a sore spot, have been built on trades with the Nuggets. That's how they have built their team. Two trades with the Nuggets. And they picked up Gobert, and they picked up that other stud, who I don't want to mention on this air, because to me, he's like Voldemort. That was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you want to say his name. I'm not going to say his name. Well, I'll say it then. I'll say Donovan Mitchell. I can't believe you just said that. can't believe I don't have anything against him. I have nothing against him. I'm just talking. You know what? It's fair for Nuggets fans to hate him because he's a great player for a rival. No one should hate him. But he's, there's there's nothing. Well, no, you hate him only because he's a great player on a rival team. That's it. It's nothing. The Nuggets built their roster. It's it's nothing personal. Nuggets built their roster. Yeah. They did. Let's just call it like it is. And listen, Tim Conley is an amazing evaluator of talent. But they drafted Donovan Mitchell. They drafted him, but then traded him. But they drafted Donovan because they knew the Jazz they, wanted Exactly. That's the thing. They technically drafted him, but he's a let's not let's not confuse people here. Donovan Mitchell was a guy that Jazz wanted. Like he's they ID'd him. Good for him. Good for them. I wish Tim would have said maybe we'll keep him. How would the team look with him and Gobert? Uh, I mean, how what would have happened with the Charlotte Hornets if they had not traded Kobe Bryant to the Lakers? That first iteration of the Charlotte Hornets might never have left Charlotte and moved to New Orleans. Yeah, maybe. I mean, well, just but, saying. But who? Who? Wait, wait a minute. Yeah, that's true. Well, Jerry West was part of that. Jerry West well, again. Was, but yeah, the the Hornets picked Kobe for the Lakers, just like right. the Nuggets picked Donovan Mitchell for the Jazz. It's just kind of that technicality thing that's that's interesting. There's there's that picture of Kobe wearing a Hornets cap. Yeah. That's still out there. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you could try before you buy, meaning you can walk in any store and try the appliances before you buy them, not to mention they can help you upfit your entire kitchen with a really experienced sales staff. They will ask you all the right questions and they will have the answers for you because they've been doing that for decades. Working with a great sales team is so important. That's what you're getting at Mountain High Appliance, not to mention best appliances out there as well, Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break. Many football observers believe the quarterback makes the wide receiver, not the wide receiver, making the quarterback. Has this point been emphatically made this season looking at the Broncos passing offense? That's next. Feel the attraction. 